Welcome to the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. So real quick, before I jump into the conversation with this week's guest, I just want to let you know what this show is about. Really, this show is just about all the conversations we, entrepreneurs, those of us who are the why notters, have around entrepreneurship. It's the conversation that you don't typically hear because you just see those fun posts on Instagram and Facebook where we're hanging out on yachts or we're making a ton of money and driving these fancy cars when reality is that's not real life. Real life is trying to figure out how you're going to pay bills, trying to figure out if you're going to make rent this month, trying to figure out if that new client really is going to help move you forward or if they're really going to bring you down. Really anything goes in these conversations and you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on these conversations that I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs. So grab your cup of coffee, grab your water, grab your tea, whatever it is that you enjoy, and a pen and paper because you're about to take some notes. Also, be sure to share this out. Oh, here comes my guest. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Love being able to take those connections that we uh, form online, specifically here on Facebook, and be able to connect like this one-on-one -on -one where we can just talk about work and entrepreneurship because it's a lot of work, right? It is, but entrepreneurship is my favorite topic. It is, and that's why I love being able to sit down and talk with you about this because we can geek out about this all day long, um, but I know that we obviously have to run our businesses and we have to help others build and run their businesses. So let's just talk a little bit about where you started because we're still fairly new acquaintances, friends online, and I don't really know a whole lot of your how you started, your history. So kind of give me some background. I, I know you started at a young age as well with the entrepreneur uh, journey and just having that ins inspiration inside. Well, I, I heard James Wedmore recently say that he was born to be an entrepreneur. And that really resonated with me because I think that is me. I, uh, I was always getting things going in my neighborhood as a kid. And my, one of my earliest memories is when I was 10 years old and I, I talked my parents into letting me convert our garage into a roller skating rink and urge the neighborhood kids to come in and skate. No kidding. <laughs> and I felt like I was a success because I did that every weekend through the whole summer. And I added a snack bar in there. So it was the beginning of me being an entrepreneur. And that was a long time ago. Okay, okay. So <laughs> this is awesome. You just totally one-upped me because when I was younger, I actually started, well, I, I started my journey when I was with my dad. You know, he was a handyman. But the when I grew up a little bit more, I actually started selling soda to the kids in the neighborhood because that was the one thing that they couldn't have at their house and I was the <laughs> only house on the block that actually had soda and so I was making sure to buy extra soda when we went to the store and then I'd sell them for like 25 cents a pop for all the neighborhood kids every practically every day so it was like and then I would save the cans to recycle to then get some money back <laughs> So we really are kindred spirits. We are. And so <laughs> this is fascinating. Tell me how, because I'm envisioning a huge garage 
and I'm seeing streamers and disco ball and all this stuff in my head. How did you come up with a roller skating rink of all things? Well, at that time, uh, outdoor roller skating was popular. And I don't know if you remember, they looked like tennis shoes and they had the four wheels on the bottom. Yes, those are my favorite. Bright blue. And that was such a popular thing to do. We lived on a street that was kind of on a hill. So it kind of came with some um, obstacles and options, things that we had to pay attention to. So going downhill and then getting back up was a whole nother issue. So how much easier it would be if we were just skating in my garage. And we'd gone to roller skating rinks because that was it, you know, those were available back then. So I just made like a mini version of it. I didn't have, um, I didn't create the creativity part that you just announced with <laughs> and everything. That, that's because that's had... where I come in, right? That's where that's where I would have come in and been like, okay, cool. You got the you got the roller skating ring. You got the snack bar. Let's make sure we got the sodas for the kids, and let's yep. get some streamers and lights and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to the corner corner store and I bought candy bars and I doubled the price. So does that tell you about pricing even way back then? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it, it was so fun. And we had such a good time. And of course, I look back on that and kids nowadays don't kind of do the same kind of things that we did back then, where kids seem to be more isolated and they're more on their, uh, you know, their iPads and things like that. Right. We're actually interacting with each other and having a great time and encouraging that creativity. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and that's the thing. That's what's cool about your story is that you went full on like roller skating rink, which has uh, overhead. I mean, obviously in your garage, it's not really your overhead, but you know, we're thinking right. bigger here with it's actually going to be uh, in a place of business. And then uh -huh. you went full on with snack bar and everything. And so it's interesting to me because most of the time you hear of kids starting lemonade stands. So it's literally, mm -hmm. you know, just a basic table, uh, a sign, and they made some lemonade and they set up in the front yard, which mm -hmm. is still awesome. But you like, we were like, nope, we're going full blown. Let's get the business <laughs> up and running and have an event center for people to go to. <laughs> well, it's kind of the cliche that we talk about as, as marketers and entrepreneurs now, but you, you see a need and you meet the need, you find it. Yes. And even back then, uh, and sure, you know, I liked the money, it, you know, that was pretty cool to get that. But um, I also saw the need of just having things to do with the neighborhood kids. Yes, and that is important, especially because I love how you also mentioned you looked around the neighborhood and you knew that there was obstacles. And so mm -hmm. that is, again, you're looking at what are the challenges here? What's the problem? How can I find that solution? And, mm -hmm. and bring it to the the masses basically, which is what you did. And so this is awesome. Okay, so you, you did the roller rink so young and then kind of where did you go from there? Cause that, that's a pretty good, pretty good starting point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there was a number of things that I did I always because I always had ideas coming at me. I, um, I held a beauty contest for the neighborhood kids. <laughs> I love it. And charged them to come to that too. So. <laughs> I apparently didn't do anything for free back then, but I didn't recall anyway. <laughs> and you know what? That is awesome because that is the one of the biggest struggles, I think, in entrepreneurship, um, uh, at least it was for me, is that figuring out what do you give away for free 
are you supposed to give away anything for free? And, and when do you start charging? And at what point do you start charging and what price? And so it's so fascinating to me that out of the gate, you were like, here is what I offer. Here is the price, come or don't. Like <laughs> that, and that's, that's what we're looking for in entrepreneurship. And that's what we're looking for just in business across the board is that confidence and knowing what we bring to the table is what people need and you either are going to like it or you're not and if you don't then you're not my customer and I hope everything goes well for you <laughs> well and and it was a long time later that I learned about you know lead magnets and funnels and things like this yeah it just worked in a way it was kind of a captive audience there, there was a lot of kids in our neighborhood and uh, we had that interaction a lot and we you know we enjoyed being together uh, so it worked back then yeah and <clears throat> okay, that's fascinating. So, so you have the the roller skating skating rink. You have the beauty <laughs> beauty contest. <laughs> what what else? Because I'm like my mind is blown right now. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe I need to write a kids entrepreneur book with some ideas. But yes. <laughs> oh, don't even get me down that road. Like that is that is already in the works for you. You need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we just finished a youth business entrepreneur, uh, youth business expo here in Los Banos. So I kind of brought it to fruition in a way, but that that was much later. Oh, cool. But I, you know, I had to look back, and I don't know if it's because I was the oldest child in the family. Um, you know, sometimes you think that maybe they they have that more uh, creativity in them, or maybe that more willingness to be risky and to try things. Yep. It's kind of been the way I have been my whole life. I'm not afraid to try and I'm not afraid to fail. Uh, I've, I have, I've done things that, that just flopped almost out the gate, but they were a learning experience. It's yes. a failure if you learn something from them. Totally agree. I 100% yes, that is, I always tell people it's not a failure, it's an opportunity. Yes, definitely. Wow. And so, Okay, so you did that, and and because I want to jump to what you were just talking about with the um, the local event there, uh -huh. tell me how that went because I'm totally into teaching kids at a young age. In fact, I don't know if you know this because I haven't really talked about it yet, but I have uh, I've been in the works. It's been in the works of me creating lesson plans for specifically students, six to twelfth graders, and then of course adults can utilize it too. But it will be. Um, a program for teaching kids how to get into entrepreneurship and really how to utilize the tools and resources that are available to them that they probably don't know about and that their parents probably don't know about and how to like really get them to just start. Oh my gosh, Ed, that is exactly what was motivating me to do this Youth Business Expo here. Um, a couple of years ago, I'd run across, I think it may have been online, uh, I'm not sure, but it was about these children's business fairs and oh, cool what you got to be kidding me how cool is that partly because it resonated with me since i started doing things like that when i was really young yeah so i i kind of tucked it away it, you know it didn't it wasn't right for me to pursue it at that time but i always knew that someday that was going to be something i would be involved with and so uh in March of this year, I was I was meeting with um, our economic director at the city hall at city hall here in town, and I started telling her about this because that's what we talk about all the time: is how do you grow your local business community? How do you uh, keep it um, you know sustainable and really vibrant? 
and I commented to her about seeing this before about the children's business fairs. And I said, I really believe, and this is, this is probably at the very core of my beliefs. I really believe that we have young people in any of our communities, anywhere that you can name that have amazing ideas. Oh yeah. They are, they're, they're beyond anything that I could think of. And they're so young doing that. And you, I mean, there's all kinds of examples of people that started really young. And, um, and so I, I started researching that. Well, and so she was all excited about it. And I said, I'm gonna talk to the school district about it. Cause this kind of seems like a natural partnership. Now I'm, I'm a business coach uh, by profession. I, I work uh, with the Small Business Development Center. And so it tied in with, with what I do. Yeah. And we got the school district and the city on board on this. No kidding. We did six to 12th graders. We decided we we're gonna try to keep it somewhat compact in um, age range, just cause it was the first time. Yes. And totally. we didn't really know what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Make it as manageable as we possibly could. And so I started researching it and I would print out pictures of kids as young as four years old that had a business idea that they went on and became multimillionaires from it. Oh my gosh. It was mind blowing. Even now it almost gives me goosebumps thinking about it because these are kids that that their success was was documented and it was substantiated some of them were on shark tank because shark tank now has even a, a youth version of what they do but four years old there was a, a young girl that started a lemonade stand you know just like what we were talking about that so many kids do but she took that lemonade stand and turned it into amazing things and there was all kinds of, of stories so i would go and i would talk to local groups um, like the Rotary and Soroptimist and our, our principals, the, the school district had me come and talk at the school board meeting yeah. and make this presentation over and over and over again, because I think that there's kids out there and there's kids in my community. And that's really you know where I was focusing on at the time that this could be life changing for them. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. This could get them that maybe they are growing up in a family that's impoverished. They yep. change that. And so I'm thinking we've just got to, we've got to reach these kids. We just have to reach these kids. Oh, I'm getting chills because I this, is, this is literally what I am all about. And this is what I envision. And uh, I don't know if you know, knew this, but I actually worked in the school district. Uh, local school district for like nine years um, doing after school programs and oh. I, it's always been a thing where I, I'm just good with kids and I and I love being able to teach out especially business stuff mm, um, yeah. and what I noticed even and it's been several years since I've been in the district but I know that it's still relevant if not even more so is that so many kids from and most of the kids I worked with were kindergartners to sixth graders. Um, and in that, that um, age range, so many of them come from broken homes. Mm -hmm. they, they don't have necessarily a, a, a good income in the household. And mm -hmm. they also don't necessarily have the parents who either have the time, mm -hmm. can make the time, or even know about the tech, you know, and trying to keep right. up with it all. And so it's just something that it's one of those things where I feel like that's just 
part of my duty and what I need to do is help and and get into the system, uh, into the school system to help them at a younger age because I've been over the last few years been slowly brought into the education system again and being able to teach my marketing masterclass to uh, the high school students and I cannot tell you how awesome that was and just to to see that I had a classroom full of teenagers which was crazy to me but I had a classroom full of teenagers who actually listened to what I had to say who cared about what I had to say and who actually developed some amazing ideas and I mean we went from idea to uh, creating a business card and what needs to be on the business card and logo ideas and and just letting them be creative and uh-huh. it was only a three-day event for them and they they blew me away like yeah. blew me away with what they came up with and so you're totally on track with and 100 percent that it need there's so many students so many young people who just have this creativity and and they're not being distracted by all the noise that we have and that comes up. And so it's amazing to see what they come up with. And um, I think you probably heard of this guy um, and saw my post, but this young man, uh, Michael uh, Platt, I think is how you say his last name. He makes cupcakes and he was on GMA and I forget how old he is. I think he's maybe 14, maybe a little younger, but he's turned in this whole business uh, of making cupcakes because it started, you know, when he, um, actually I forget the entire story because it's been a little while and I don't want to mess it up. But anyway, (laughs) he is amazing. And I started following him and it's just cool to see how he took making cupcakes with his mom to the next level. Yeah. You know, I was looking at some of the stories and, and again, I was thinking, you hear these stories about the kids gone wrong, you know, that, that, um, just take a left turn when they should have taken a right turn and and then things just kind of fall apart they get in with the wrong crowd and it was another thing that kind of motivated me to think what if we could save one kid from doing that as we tap into an idea that they've had in the back of their head but they didn't have any really arena for trying it out Um, but if we give them that arena what if that becomes the focus of their life and not doing the other stuff that they could do you give them hope and give them um, a, a way to change their life pathway and I and I said that at every meeting I think I went to if we just had one kid whose life was life was changed from this this whole thing was worth it just, oh my gosh yes. you know, isn't that amazing we just don't know you know what we can do to impact somebody else's life and, we had a great event. It was this last Wednesday night. We actually had the youth on uh, the youth expo, and the kid that won is a 12-year-old. He's going into seventh grade here, and he developed a business called Muddy Paws Bakery. Oh, eats pet treats in his home, uh, and it's all natural things. Uh, most of it is locally sourced things, and he had the the most amazing business plan. I have ever seen from a kid or an adult he had his marketing to the nth degree he created t-shirts he had a logo he had business card he had lunch cards so if you buy 11 treats from him the 12th is free he set up a website he set up a facebook page 
it was just unbelievable what this young man did. And and I told his mom, I think he's going to rule the world someday soon because he, he was just that good. Yes. He, the judges away, they could not believe it. Um, part of the judging, they had to interact with him and ask him questions and watch him interact with other people. And, um, and they were just blown away uh, by the quality of everything that he had done, his presentation and his business plan and just the way that he was able to answer questions. He had his pricing down. How many kids know how to pricing? <laughs> he priced out every product that he had and was able to justify his markup on everything. It was just incredible. Oh, that, I am so jealous right now because I, I love that. That is the stuff that gets me so like wired. I don't even give you yeah. caffeine or anything else. <laughs> I can just live off of that adrenaline. Like that is amazing yeah. to see. Well, most, and most of us work with adults. And so this was a really kind of unique thing, but to see that a young person can grasp the concepts that we talk about in, in our jobs of dealing with business people all the time and not only grasp it, but just hit it out of the ballpark. Yeah, and that, oh man, and that is what is a game changer. And, and that's what I love when I see these stories on online that pop up, which, you know, obviously we don't see enough of them because right. there are a lot of things going on. But when I see these stories, I save them yeah. as much as I can because I use them uh, for showing others, like here's what's possible because that's the whole thing that I realize is that it's a lot of mindset games. Like we have yes. to get in the right mindset. And I don't know about you, but from what I've seen, especially with um, kids, but of course adults too, because we have to learn as well, is mm -hmm. that it's really hard sometimes for us to see what's possible given our current circumstances and given where we've grown up and how we've grown up and mm -hmm. and what's been implemented you know in our lives it, it do you do you think that too i think that's a really big thing and and i was thinking about that when we were going through this whole youth business expo thing is that how many young people really have models in their life that are showing them this yep and, and those, those kids may not have models in their life, but they still could have an idea. But it's, it's reaching and, and making that connection to show them that, uh, yes, you can do it, even if you haven't had somebody in your life that started a business or uh, you know, went on to make their fame and fortune doing something like that. But um, mindset is so important for any of us all day and every day. I, yes, it, it is. And I'm just writing that what you just said, yes, you can do it because it's, I love hearing that over and over. And mm -hmm. that's the important part for anybody at any age level is we have, we're so blessed with the tools and technology today that anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. And they just have to start. They don't have to have a ton of money. They don't have to have a mentor, a coach, and uh, you know, a group, or I mean, all those things are great and all have their place. But mm -hmm. when somebody is so overwhelmed, I tell them, you just have to start and and see what develops because, you know, it's so easy these days to get started. It's just we get so stuck in our own way that we can't move forward. 
And I know when I when I work with my clients, we talk about a pathway. You, you, you know where you're starting at and you know where you want to go. So you have a pathway with milestones along the way that keep you moving forward, that make you feel like you've had some success, that you've managed to accomplish something. And by doing it, you know, just like they say, it take how you do you eat an elephant, it's, you know, bit by bit, kind of bite by bit. That's really the way that we do business, at least for starting up a business in most cases. Just yeah. like. And, and so let's talk a little bit more about how you work with your clients, because that's always interesting too, because you work with a, a variety of different business owners. Is that correct? I do. Uh, most of my work involves, uh, I'm an independent contractor with UC Merced Small Business Development Center. Okay. And that for about three years now. And these are services, coaching services that they provide through federal funding, like through SBA and things like that, to help businesses get started. And it's at no cost to them. So that's kind of the, the, um, I guess the draw of it in many ways and why I work with so many different clients. I, I'd been a business owner and operated businesses for a little over the last 30 years plus. And so they look for people like that that can kind of come alongside people either starting their business or wanting to grow their business. Maybe they feel stuck and yeah. go through that at some point. And so they bring in coaches like me that can kind of be fresh eyes and fresh ears and bring in our experiences from successes and failures and hopefully help them through some of the tough times and, and to find success and find that confidence that it takes to start that business. So um, when I get to a place with a business that I'm out of my league, uh, as a, for instance, like setting up websites, which is why I talked to you earlier, mm -hmm. I don't first thing about that, but I know their importance. And so I try to connect my clients then with the resources that they need that I can't fulfill. I love that. And, and what, any common, you kind of mentioned a little bit there, any common, denominators that you see across the board with with business owners in terms of pretty much we all go through x <laughs> <laughs> there may be more than one x but yes. one, <laughs> one that comes to mind and, and one that i spend a lot of time on is uh, the whole social media because we all know we need it and we know that it's important to our business but as a small business owner you're just always kind of going crazy because there's more things to do than there's time in the day. And it may not be your strong point. And so trying, what I try to do is help them find a way to kind of tame that beast, to find some strategies and some uh, structure and some programs that will help them be able to have a social media presence without it uh, just totally draining them because we know if, if something is overwhelming, we tend to back away from it and not do it at all. Yes, definitely. And, overwhelm and, out. Yeah. And that is, that is the challenge. So many cha are challenged by social media and just feeling like they have to keep up. They have to, they have to post every minute, every hour of the day. And that yeah. they, it, it doesn't matter what they post. They just have to post. And, and yeah. it's like, no, like you don't. Right. And yeah. in fact, these days, the, the platforms are finally kind of changing and going backwards to no, we really want less is more in order to like reward you with what we call organic reach. And we know how hard that is to get organic reach. 
getting harder and harder and harder. Um, I just finished a webinar yesterday where they said it, it looks like we're going to sit at about 6.5% of organic reach. Oh, wow. And that is nothing. And you can work so hard to be, uh, to have that presence on social media. And yet that's a return you get. Right. And did they say, uh, was that specific to Facebook or just social media in general? Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, that's what I figured. Not a lot of, of lot of changes uh, and the way you do your Facebook groups compared to the way you do your Facebook business page, everything. And as soon as you feel like you got it down pat, then it changes. Yes. <laughs> it's and really frustrating. <laughs> it is. And that's the hard part. You know, I, I teach uh, workshops uh, for uh, Facebook for business and, and, you know, this is my world and while I love Facebook, I also oh, I love it for the connections and for what it's done for my business and for me personally. But as a business itself, I can't stand it because of the changes and the the bad user experience, and it just breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, you know, soon my social media app will take off and will solve all of our problems. But <laughs> oh, now that sounds like a whole nother talk, huh? Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, in the meantime, with Facebook specifically, the organic reach has been an issue. And and I know this because most of all of my posts, I mean, there was maybe one time where I tested doing a, a paid post, but outside of that, all of my posts are non-paid um, and non-boosted. And so I do all the organic reach. And so for me, because I love social media and I love engaging in, in, in playing that game, it, it's the organic reach hasn't been terrible for me. However, I'm in a whole nother category than the average person because they don't have that time. They don't have that luxury. And so that's the frustrating part for me is that Facebook keeps changing, which is so stressful for business owners and just people in general. And, mm -hmm. and we have to realize that it, it's, it's our livelihood. You know, right. this is, it's just like if we had someone take away our, our phone, our, right. our iPhone, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Or we have no power, like, what do we do? And so to me, that's the frustrating part. And what I have to remind business owners, especially when I'm teaching these workshops, is that what, what we learn today, what I teach you today, it is good and it's what's happening right now, but we have to understand that it's constantly changing and that we just have to test and we just have to see what happens because what works for me doesn't work for you necessarily and vice versa. And so what I always say for social media is just test things out and see what happens, you know, test the time of day. Cause it's not just the content. Right. I think there's a lot of focus on content and that's just one piece of the puzzle. There's, there's the structure of the content, what type of content, the time of post, the mm -hmm. day of the post, and, and what really the message is. And so it's this huge puzzle. And like you said, it's overwhelming. And so that's what I have to remind people is that you, you know, they're not alone and that they really have to understand that it, you can't just post something and say, okay, it didn't do well because it sucked because there was right. no likes and no shares or anything. And it's like, no, it's not that easy. I wish it was, but it's not. <laughs> I think and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think the one constant that I could say about Facebook and Instagram, and since they're run by the same, pe owned by the same people, it really is the same. Yeah. 
they really want you building relationships there. Yes. It's really the value of, of those two social media platforms. But what I tell my clients to do is, is use that to build those relationships. It's not where you're going to sell anything, basically. You know, you're not going to have sales on Facebook or Instagram. But you can use that to feed into your email list, which is the most important thing that anybody could have. Yep. You own that email list. You don't own your group on Facebook. You don't own your business page and the people that like you there. Yep. Using that to build those relationships. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here because you teach this the <laughs> way that I do, but it's so important for people to understand that. So what you you use it with those expectations. You use it with that focus. Yes. Building relationships. And that is what it's all about. That's what social media started out as. Join the conversation at Facebook or at Twitter. And it quickly lost that. And it was a sell, sell, sell. Don't worry about anybody else, but sell mm -hmm. what you got. And, and it's not that way. And so yeah. again, it comes back to that mindset that as a business owner, you may not like social media and, and it may not be the thing that you really want to focus on but if you go in with the mindset of i'm using this as a tool to help establish and build my online relationships mm -hmm. that in turn will get that no like and trust factor out there that creates that word of mouth marketing that then flows into those customers that then become your loyal followers both mm -hmm. online and offline then you have a whole different perspective and then you can see okay social media is not a waste of time right. when i have this mindset and that it actually is worth my time to spend a few minutes here and there throughout the day connecting with people and i think you know for all we can say about mark zuckerberg and, and yeah <laughs> and instagram i i really think he's kind of on to something uh in a way in that Look how disconnected we become as a society. You know, we all kind of in our own little orbs and everything, and and we don't have that same social connection that maybe we did in times past. Because there's so much noise in our world, and there's so many opportunities and things coming at us. But to get back to developing relationships, and even if it is online, yep. and maybe it is with people that you may never meet in person. But I've made some fabulous relationships with people on Facebook that chances are I won't ever meet them in person. But it doesn't mean we can't have a relationship. Oh, exactly. And that's what I love about social media is the fact that, I mean, for me, I'm a, a researcher and I love to learn. So that that's part of the fascination with it. And I'm constantly just absorbing the information and applying mm -hmm. it as needed, um, both for myself and for my clients. But what I really, really enjoy is the connecting part. And yes. that's why I always say the magic happens in the comments because it's so much fun to just connect with people. And, and you know, how you get started with that, and you've heard me say this before, is, is my suede method, which is the show up, deliver, and then engage. And, mm -hmm. and that's where things start taking off from not only connecting with others, but having that uh, referral, uh, having a referral partnership there. And then that's where the sales start to uh, start, start really, is because really? now they they can get to see you and know you and like you and, and ask questions and, and mm -hmm. really go deeper into, okay, 
I actually am interested in what you have to offer. Sometimes people don't even know what you offer and they're like, listen, I like you. I want to know how can I buy from you? What can I buy right. from you? <laughs> and really that is the biggest um, secret to having a great Facebook business page or a Facebook group is that your message is clear. Yes. That are on there, know why they're on there and they're, they are your ideal clients. My profile page, I have people on there. I have family. I have people I don't know, people I'll never, you know, I'll never know maybe. But my business page and my groups, and, and I'm sure this is exactly how you teach in your workshops, they need to be really laser focused. Yeah. There should be no doubt is if they come on to your business page, what it is that you're all about. Definitely. And that's the thing. Clarity really is the key. And, and you know, it's so funny. I, um, I posted this the other day. You probably saw it. Um, but if not, I went to Trader Joe's, which I love. Tra you have Trader Joe's there, right? <laughs> no, we're too small of a community. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So now I'm envious of you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah, Trader Joe's is amazing. It's kind of one of those things like if I ever have to relocate, there needs to be a Trader Joe's, a Costco, and a gym all within like 10 miles of where I'm at. <laughs> we have like, one out of three. <laughs> okay, there you go. There, we'll try to get a Trader Joe's down there soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they had this beautiful, so they have, you know, um, a, a, a wine section, a liquor mm -hmm. section, and they had a beautiful display of wine and it was this uh demont which is a french wine i believe it is uh, mm -hmm. product of france and i'm not much of a wine drinker I, I just i like to look at the designs and stuff and this display was beautiful it was ten dollars for this bottle of wine and i picked up the wine because i naturally i just walked down the section and i focused in on this display because the bottles were just so clean they were so sexy and hmm. it was, it's just a white uh, label uh, on the bottle that's super clean. It's a rosé bottle. So the glass just really sparkles with that red rosé color. Uh -huh. And it, it's just beautiful. It's hard to describe, of course. But anyway, my point is, is that clean design always sells. And I bought the bottle of wine I did not need the bottle of wine. I did not need to spend the $10. I'm not drinking it um, right now. At some point I will, but but I bought it because it was just beautiful. And There's it was, merchandising and marketing at its best. Yes, and, and it's just, it's crazy to me. And you know, uh, it's so funny because I just started watching last night uh, on the History Channel. So I don't normally watch the History Channel, but my mom was telling me about this series that they have and she's like oh it was fascinating and I was getting into it and I just wanted to tell you about it because I think you need to watch it because she knows I'm obsessed with you know entrepreneurship uh -huh. and it's um it's called the food that uh made America I think it is and hmm. I cannot tell you how awesome it is it just I just started with it um last night there's three episodes so far and I just watched the first one. And what's crazy about it is they start talking about how Heinz ketchup started. Yeah. And how uh, Kellogg's cereal started. And it's just uh, fascinating to me. And, and to tie in what I was just talking about with the wine bottle is that 
Heinz Ketchup, get this, he, his product was basically the, I believe the first one for people to actually see the product before they bought it because he had that signature glass clear bottle. So you could mm -hmm. actually see the ketchup and what it, the label actually was talking about. And he, uh, his competitors saw that he was making it good and selling and everything. So they tried to copy him. And it was in Pittsburgh, I believe, where, where this was taking place. And so what he did to, quote, sink the competition was he went and he bought all the glass jars that were in Pittsburgh and he <laughs> used what he could. Oh, it's called the food that drives America. And um, what he did was he bought all the glass jars and used what he could and then put the rest on a barge and pushed it in the middle of the river and sank it so that his competition couldn't use the bottles anymore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like thinking outside the box and being able to own your business and make sure that you stay on top like it, it was it's so it was stuff like that and the whole episode yeah. is filled with all of these different awesome examples of how these businesses started and the obstacles and it's like it just fascinates me when we, when we look at when we stop and we look at how things that are in our everyday lives how they started because they they're not just this overnight popular brand that makes millions of dollars. It's like, no, there's a history behind it. And when we stop and look at that, we can realize that, oh yeah, they started out just like us. Maybe they started off in a worse position than us. Mm -hmm. Kind of debunking the overnight uh, success. Yeah. Oh, hit, the, hit it out of the ballpark, uh, first time out kind of thing. Yeah, and do you see that with your clients where they come in and they're like, I, I I just, I need to be an overnight success. I'm, I'm failing because it didn't work whatever I was supposed to do. Do you see that with this? I do, I do from time to time. And most of my clients I find are just such, in such a state of overwhelm. Yeah. They know they have an idea and they know they're good at something. And they think that, you know, people need what they've got to offer. Um, a lot of it is just figuring out, you know, how you're going to do it. And you know, I think we've all been burned by all of these get rich quick, you know? Yep. I'm so skeptical anymore. If it even looks like that, I tend to not believe it. Yes. You know, it makes make $7 million in your first year kind of thing. Well, nobody does that. <laughs> I agree. And that's the problem. And that's, and that's the hard part when it comes to the whole marketing aspect too, right? Because there's certain things that you need to include in, in your marketing and, and your sales conversations. And then you have to be careful because if you're like me, uh, you, you don't want to come off as that, not that I would or do, but you just want to make it so that it's more casual and it's not buy this because you're going to make a million dollars this year. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's just I, the cheesy stuff that I see out there and, and the the promises that really are false promises. It's just like, no, like just say how it is. And maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, I don't know. It, it, I agree with you. It's one of those things that it's very frustrating, especially now because we are so exposed online right. to it. Right, shysters everywhere. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that, that happens. That's why I got into the business in the first place. Not, that's how I started off my business, I should say, is with the web design part because not that I wanted to be a web designer and that I wanted to you know, build all of these amazing websites and be stuck behind a computer. No, I started it because I knew that I was good at building websites and visualizing them and bringing them to life for people that, I w that weren't gonna get screwed over because there's so many people that get screwed over when it comes to the web business. And I was mm -hmm. tired of seeing that. And at the time I was also being mentored by an amazing web designer and close friend. And uh, it was one of those things that I saw the stuff that she was going through in terms of helping clients and fix what they had that got screwed over before, you know, and that right. it was going through. And a lot of it's fixing the mindset and, and reestablishing that trust, which is so hard to, to get back once it's lost. And even when I was at uh, Apple, I, I had to do the same thing with people where when they bought a product somewhere else and the experience wasn't what it should have been. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, so before you even try to buy anything here today, let's, let's back up and let's fix what happened there so that you feel comfortable with what's going to happen here and know that what you get and what you leave with is exactly what you want, need, and didn't even know that you needed. <laughs> well, and it's one of those areas that so many of us are at a loss. Uh, we don't really understand. Yes. We don't know. I don't even know what I do know about computers most of the time. Because yep. it's, it's, you know, I don't know anything about writing code. I don't know, you know, it's hard enough just to get my computer hooked up to my printer. Yes. <laughs> anything beyond that, I'm, you know, that's just not my area of expertise. So we do have to put faith and trust in people that do. Yes. And, and that is the thing. And, and, you know, that's also why when I was working at Apple, that's, that's also why I wasn't worried about, you know, my numbers or anything like that. Cause you know, they're not on commission, but we, you still mm -hmm. have goals and stuff. And it was so funny. And I always look back at it because, you know, all the time, everyone was like, well, you know, we, we want in order to move to another position and stuff, we want to see this and that. And I'm like, it will come, trust me. And yeah. I, I have no faith no doubt that it's going to come. And, and I, they were blown away with, in a way, I guess, because I mean, they always knew, but they were blown away because I, before I left, I was actually the number one in sales by a long shot. And it wasn't because I was doing the whole car salesperson thing. No, right. that's not my thing. It was because I made sure to take time with my customers and figure out what it is that they need, what it is that they maybe will want, and what the best solution for them would be. Not the most expensive solution, what the a solution that they needed right then and, and, and for the future, of course. But that's what I always tell people both there and just in life is that you have to have that connection and you have to start on that human level and really just have the conversation. And from the conversation, everything will work out. You'll find out who it is that you're talking to, what it is that they need, where they want to go, and how you can help them get there. And I think that kind of brings us back full circle to what we were talking about 
the the value of being an entrepreneur yes. is bring that area of expertise that um, that you can stand out that you can help others with and that's what makes your business grow and it's really the difference between I think a small business and a large business I mean you look at some of your locally owned like your mom and pop stores compared to a, a big box store yeah and there's no comparison you don't get the same service you don't get the same knowledge you don't get the same relationship building um, it's just like night and day yeah and that's so true and you uh a lot of your clients do they have uh actual physical locations or are they online most of them have physical locations uh my local clients have physical locations. Some of them are home-based in, in that they may be a, um, uh, a service-based service business to start out with. They work out of their home, whether it's a or, you know, whatever. Okay, so let me ask yeah, you. To grow them. Yeah, so let me ask you with the local um, shop owners, the businesses there, mm -hmm. do you find that they struggle with knowing who they're, how do I say this? Like basically what I've realized in my local area when I talk to local business owners is that they don't really know how people find out about them and that they don't even have an email list or ask you know that question, how did you hear about us? Do you find that in your area too? I do and I think things have changed. Uh, and when you had the introduction of Amazon into our world, yeah, how that changed everything. And so part of the message that I, especially with, with my local clients that I work with is, you can be more than just a brick and mortar store. You can have your brick and mortar store, but you need an online presence and you need to be wherever people are gonna be looking for you or for your kind of business. And so you, your walls have just expanded if you do that. You yes with big box stores and you can compete with Amazon and there's ways to do that. So we don't have to roll over and play dead just because, you know, we've got those, those big guns coming at us. Oh, I love that because that is so true. And, and that's the thing is that we have to, no matter if we're online or offline, we have to be able to join our worlds and really pay attention to what kind of experience do we want for our customers and are we giving it to them and and, and is that the experience that they want that was exactly what i was going to say <laughs> what it is that they're looking for whether it's their pain points or their pleasure points what do they want and because whatever they want is what they're going to go after Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Dive deeper into the conversation with this guest as well as others by going to yestoentrepreneurship.com forward slash podcast. Over there, you will find a list of all the previous episodes. And I hope that you'll continue to share out this podcast. And please be sure to leave a review in iTunes so that way others can discover this show and be able to realize they are not alone and that they have somebody they can count on to provide value and motivate and inspire them to keep moving forward. Together, we can make it happen. And like I always say, teamwork equals success. So go out there and do something great because 
Why not?